Hi, this is Brian Schieser from Trellis Restaurant at the Heathman Hotel in Kirkland. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show, number 1603, the March 2016 show. I'm here with co-host Jamie Piha and Tom Marin, publisher of Seattle Dining. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Happy March. Yes, it's spring, starting into spring. Some good things are going on. We're going to talk about that. spring happens fast here, doesn't it? it All is. of a sudden, you're like, oh, my goodness, it's March. Things are growing. Yeah. And the best part is it's light out after 5 o'clock. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. Tom and I have just come back from a trip to Walla Walla where we talked with lots of people and had some great food and wine. We want to talk about some tips about traveling to wine country, and we'll get a quick update from Jamie on how the Seattle wine and food experience went. But first, let's talk about some places we've been or eaten lately, and in our case, it's all about eating. Um, the first one I want to mention is that we went to Sansei recently, and that's the new Hawaiian uh, DK Kodama from Hawaii has four restaurants in on various islands, um, and he has now opened in Seattle at Ninth and Pine, right next to the Paramount Theater. So I think he's going to kill on that location. Um, I would say though they've been open a week. I would give it another week or two before you go if you really want a, uh, an experience there, because there were some timing issues in the kitchen. I think there were some food issues. I'm not sure the cooks are right on their mark yet. Um, the The menu is huge. It's got, uh, obviously, sushi, nigiri, uh, sashimi. They've got small plates. They've got large plates. They're doing desserts. And, and it's an interesting mix of food because it's a sushi and Japanese place, but, I mean, they've got beef tenderloin. Um, one thing that people need to know is that uh, they have... All kinds of pricing all over the map, depending on the day of the week you're going to go. So if you're going to go Sunday night or Monday night, check the website to make sure I'm correct on this. Sunday night, Monday night, it's 50% off. All the food items. From 5 to 6. For, oh, oh, just from 5 to 6. Not all night. For oh, an okay. hour. Well, that's one way to drive your early business. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Although it seems a little crazy to me because they're right next to the theater. So you'd think people would go in uh-huh. that time. Oh, at five? Yeah, you know, maybe yeah, it's a little, it's a little early, early. It's a little for early for a seven o'clock show. And they don't open until five, yeah. so don't and there was a try to up. get in there at yeah. four. Well, I would think that from five to six, they're packed. I mean, you know, they fill it up early, and then those people go. I yeah. mean, it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, again, check the website. It's like twenty five percent. Twenty five percent off. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if those are opening tactics or if they're. Uh, just, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They're probably just mm-hmm. trying to get settled sure. in and get and get people in so that all the staff and the it's you nice know, to be able to have that option of that kind of food close to the theater because yeah. I don't think there is anything. Well, really... there's dragonfish. Oh, dra- that's right. Dragonfish. Yeah. But they, they don't really do sushi. Yeah. They do? Totally do. Oh, I well, I'm, I, I won't say like nigiri and sashimi. No. They do a lot of rolls. They do. They do a lot of that kind they of They got a whole bar for it in there, don't they? Back in the back there? Isn't yeah, there a whole bar? It's, it's, it's not. It, they don't, I don't 
think they specialize in sushi. Clearly, we need to go back to yes. Dragonfish. You know, they've been, been around a, a long time, and they have always been a great option. Yeah. And now you've got the Carlisle Room there, too, yeah, just right across, across the, the street. street from Sensei. So, yeah. um, you know, it's getting getting yeah. crowded. Getting crowded. So, so anyway, that's going on. And then, Tom, you were going to talk about the Maple Counter Cafe. The Maple Counter Cafe. So, as Connie mentioned, we uh, just returned from a trip to Walla Walla. Uh, the Maple Counter Cafe is a little family-run restaurant in Walla Walla, and they also have uh, sort of relative family locations in uh, uh, Port Angeles. And Swim. And, and Silverdale. Swim and Silverdale. Um, if, if you're one of those people that likes big portions, you need to go to the Maple Counter Cafe. Uh, all the stuff is made from scratch. They do try to use local ingredients as much as they can. Uh, they really care about what they're doing. Uh, for our meal there, they brought us nine entrees. Now, you don't have to have them do that for you. <laughs> they just wanted us to try a little bit of everything. How many people were you with? It was us. It just was just us, and we told them that we wanted them to portion out just little slivers and bring those to us, and they said they wanted us to see the whole presentation. So nine entrees. Oh my god! And this. Oh. Well, we had two tables going. One where Connie and I were, and then the other one where I cleared all the plates to when we got done tasting each item. How nice! (laughs) So they did did, did a really nice job taking care of us. Yeah, and the same is true of Andre's Kitchen, which we tried out as well. And we're gonna um, talk. We're going to do a, a special podcast about Walla Walla, and it'll mm-hmm. be online, too. So we're not going to go into massive detail mm-hmm. about Andre's and the Mark. But Andre's Kitchen is really great food, and it is in a Cenex gas station convenience store. And, and you know, don't look for much of a sign. Yeah. Look actually, for the gas station with the smoker out front. <laughs> and around the back, he actually has a drive through as well. Oh, that's and then cool. Because, and he's the one with the, the start of the food truck there, right? Yes, yeah, Andre yeah. Pope. Yeah. yeah. Pope. What is it? B-O- Bope. Bope. Thank you. B-O-P-P. Santa um, but inside, when they're not open, there's a cooler, and they make all their sandwiches during the day and put them in the cooler, too. So 24 hours a day, you could get stuff nice. from Good food. Andre's yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. So that's nice. cool. Yeah. And then the Mark we'll talk about later in mm. our things, but we had a nice dinner there. And, of course, the Vineyard Lounge is there also in the Marcus Whitman Hotel. So. And I will say um, there's some cool stuff going on at the Mark. Obviously, you know, they have the culinary program nearby. So a lot of the of the people in the program are working there in the kitchen or wherever. And uh, and I just thought that so uh, same, Chef was very same, creative same with his chef? oils. And, Scott McLean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and oh. you know, it's it's winter and it's not that expensive to stay at the Mark. Yeah. So you can spend it, the rest of your great, money on it, food. It's a great hotel. I mean, I've stayed there many, many times, and I have always had good. And, and they usually have breakfast included, right? You oh, it's go down and it's good. Included, great bacon. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they call it the hot and healthy breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that we've not stayed. I've not stayed there before, and I, but I've walked through a number of times, and it's always like a little old, little stuffy. Staying there, totally different yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Totally different experience. Yeah, it was really great. The rooms are lovely. Yeah. Um, Another new one down in South Lake Union area is the Local Public Eatery. And they have done something uh, which I think is really fun. They've taken the main kind of dining area, and it looks like a living room. They've got these old couches like you might have had in your basement in the rec room. And they've got floor lamps and kind of 50s, 60s, 70s. They've got a counter for people to sit at, and they've got the old uh, counter seats that are red leather. 
or plastic Sounds probably. Sounds really cute. It's really cute. I, I will say, um, as Tom says to me when I say, I don't get it, he'll say, it's not for you. Because it's really <laughs> loud. It's really young. You know, I just think they're going to kill. Uh-huh. And actually, we tried a lot of their food. And it was, you know, high salt, high fat. Really high flavor. I would go back in a second. I'm already <laughs> I saw addicted. High fat, high flavor. Really? Oh, it sounds I'm addicted. cool. I got to go check that I'm out. I'm addicted, but um, and that's put on by the people who run Joey's, right? Yeah, it's the oh, same and you company. Know what? And Joey's. I actually, I have. I did go to Joey's. I forgot. Oh yeah. And I had a delicious. I've had a delicious meal there the last two times I've been. Yeah. It's very the consistently good. The quality of the food is good, and actually, they're smart with their portion sizes. They're yeah. not yeah. huge, but they're enough. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So we were happy with okay. that. Well, Cafe Lago, um, you know, which has been a, you know, a, a classic for Seattle for oh. 26 years. Yes. Owned by Carla Leonardi. Uh, she originally was from Tuscany, I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think their food is terrific. Uh, fresh ingredients. She definitely uses seasonal ingredients. Everything is handcrafted. Pizza, pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, again, a place that understands portion size, um, yes. you know, you might, when it comes out to the table, you might think, gosh, you know, is that going to fill me up? But you're totally satisfied by the time you're done. So they're smart about their portions. Yes. They know what, you know, what will satisfy you. Um, it is, you know, it is a white tablecloth restaurant, but it is not dressy. I mean, you don't have no. to, you know, you can feel casual in there. It feels authentic Italian. To yeah. me. I always say if I'm the one paying the bill, I can wear whatever I want, right? Go. That's a very Seattle thing. Yeah, they do have, their pizzas are fantastic and they are known for their pizzas. They do have a pizza special that's $10, you know, so it's affordable. Monday nights. And Monday nights, which is great. And expect some kids to arrive at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a beautiful place, uh, black and white tile floors. It's been soundproofed recently, so the, the sound is... Yeah. Uh, is a little more comforting than yeah, it used, it used to, be. to be quite loud. And uh, and I would just say it's it's a tr- it's a wonderful place to go. If you've not experienced Cafe Lago, give it a try because yeah. it is uh, you know really kind of a staple in the Seattle restaurant. And their world. chef, Chef Will, mm-hmm. um, is somebody who came in and worked with Carla's ex husband. He was the cook mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. and um, he has come through the ranks. And he's in charge now. Mm. And what he's done is he's gone back and made sure that everybody in the kitchen knows. And there's only four people that can right. fit in it's that kitchen. Small. Yeah. Um, they know how to produce this food. Mm-hmm. And now that they're all settled on that, they're doing seasonal changes. Nice. So there's specials and seasonal changes. So it's really, it's really good. So uh, last one on our list is uh, Dora's Mexican Food and Worm Ranch. Yes, it's true. There really is a place named that. Uh, you'll find it in Walla Walla. It's out to the west of town near the College Place area. And uh, it's just a little hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant, but they have a convenience store where they sell a lot of gear for anglers. And that's where they get the worm ranch put in there. <laughs> Don't think you're getting worms in your burrito or anything it's like that. It's sort of like the old bait shop down by the locks. Yeah, I miss that place. Yeah. Uh, and they will. Uh, they have another location that they opened up out on the south side of town as well. So you have two choices when you go. Um, we did have one other besides Dora's, which is Saffron in Walla Walla. Oh, yeah. And Jamie's going to do mm. a – been there uh-huh. a long time ago and us a recent one. Right. So uh, last time I was there, it was probably a couple of years ago, but I loved it. And I've recommended it to many, many people. What I loved about it was that um, – 
you could you could share some of the small plates so you could really go for variety. Yeah. And I thought that the ingredients, uh, you know, the combination, the mix of ingredients was very, very interesting. And, um, you know, they obviously put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. what they're putting in their dishes. And they were beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautifully presented. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't been there for a couple of years. You said you were there just recently. Yeah, we were, and we've been there before, too, and had that same experience. And I would agree with you that the level of ingredients mm-hmm. and everything is there. We were a little disappointed. Now, what we did this time, we all had salads, which I thought was a killer salad, uh-huh. personally, yeah. just a green it was like salad. like a fennel salad. Yeah, and it had some blue cheese crumbles that uh-huh. were really blue cheese. I do remember their salads being good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really good. But then we got entrees, which I'd never done there before. Uh-huh. I've always gone the kind the of tapas place. Right. And uh, I had a uh, um, clam linguine, and the clams were Taylor shellfish, and uh-huh. they were very good. Uh-huh. I could have done without the pasta. Uh-huh. It was just, and the sauce wasn't as as flavorful as I like, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. I was a little disappointed in that, but uh-huh. the, the quality of the clams uh-huh. and that salad were Right. Delicious. I had the paella, which is a benchmark for me. If somebody's doing paella, I always mm. want to do that mm-hmm. first when I go somewhere. And uh, they did it in the small paella pan, and that was nice. Um, we've seen that before down in McMinnville at our mm-hmm. favorite little place down there. La Ramba. And, uh, mm. Yeah. So Joey, Joey's also has a small paella. That's right. Oh, they do, mm-hmm. yeah. And theirs is very it's good. good. It's very hard good. to find good paella. I don't know. It is. I know. You know, where 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 would you recommend someone go for? You know, I think part of the problem is is that it's really kind of a labor intensive thing, and Joey's has figured out how to do it with you know prep it so that it when somebody orders it's not two hours. That's right. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I think you know things like the aborio and that sort of thing. You can kind of get them all prepped up in the day, and then just put all that stuff in the pan and stick it in the brick oven or whatever, and get it heated up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how people do it, Mm -hmm. but that's. That's, that's what I would try we'll the first time. We'll have to do a little research and come back that, with a paella a list. Paella, paella story? That's a good yeah. idea. And I'll tell you another thing, because I make paella here at home a lot. Um, another thing about paella that is really good is uh, it's what you cook the aborio in. It's, you know, I used a turkey stock this last time, and uh, that was very good. That was very good. So, yeah. Very good. All Lots right. of good eating going on. I know. And speaking of which, we want a little roundup about Seattle Wine and Food Experience. There was okay. a lot of good food there and a lot of good wine. There was. So it was last weekend, and uh, we uh, we had two events this year, Pop Bubbles and Seafood, uh, which featured 16 chefs. And the food there, oh, my gosh, you know, just all seafood. I mean, it was uh, so good. I mean, the yum. Seattle Caviar did a little caviar tarts, and oh, nice. Taylor Shellfish was there with three different kinds of seafood and um, – uh, Roy Brayman from Cedar Brook was there with Mark Bodinet, and they did sable fish. Always good. And of course, Dukes was there doing salmon. And I mean, it was really nice. And I think people really enjoyed the fact that they could really hone in on seafood. Yes. And then we had sparkling wine producers there. So it was a really nice mix. And the way the event worked was people were upstairs for a long time going crazy over seafood and sparkling <laughs> wine. Then they moved downstairs to red wine, and we had a beautiful chocolate salon. Oh. So there were four pastry chefs there doing chocolate, and uh. they really, they were beautiful. And artistic and it worked out really well so oh that was on Saturday night and then Sunday Seattle Wine and Food we had about 30 chefs there we actually had a couple chefs in from Yakima because Yakima is our featured region so we had the um, 
the uh, talk, not the taco place, but the tamale place from oh, Yakima. Oh, right. Yeah, that was yeah. right across from where we had our booth at. Yeah, Los Hernandez uh, tamales. They were a total hit. People oh, yes. went crazy for those. Um, other dishes that I totally loved um, in, in the VIP lounge was Blue Sardinia, oh. and they did a... Um, a chilled seafood salad. That it, was so good. It was beautiful too. It was like it had a you know a clam and it had a shrimp and a scallop and yes. it was beautifully Muscle. done. Yeah, it was really really amazing. And um, the other thing I loved was the um, Nikki Farms Hawaiian venison uh, from Lark. Uh, John Sundstrom did a great job with that. Uh, again, Dukes was there. So you know, more, it more salmon. Like, it sounded like an oxymoron to me though. Like I've never heard of a deer strike in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that this year, Seattle Wine and Food Experience, the level of food uh, was really stepped up. There was a lot of great food, interesting food, different proteins. Yes. Uh, there were some vegetarian items. People do complain a little bit every year. They're like, oh, we uh, need more vegetarian items. It's like, I know, but there's so much good stuff there, I you know? know? So we did have a few. But um, overall, from a food standpoint, it was great. Uh, beverages, you know, all over the map. We had just about everything. And uh, it was a successful weekend. We, it was. You know, we raised money for La Dame's Descoffier. We haven't we haven't figured out the final number yet, but uh, you know, so it's uh, we're, we're excited and we think it was really a success. And yeah. um, so, oh, everybody there was so happy and interested, and it's a good crowd. It's a good crowd. So we're glad yeah. it's over, and uh, we're, <laughs> we'll, we'll look on to the future here. Uh, so thank you for Seattle Dining too for participating. It's always oh, yeah. fun to have oh, yeah. you there. We Thanks like for having there. us in there. Yeah, we've got a lot of good ideas from people. I'll probably play a few of them through the show here. Yeah. Um, before we take a break, Tom and I and Jamie wanted to do a couple of tips about going, visiting wine regions, some ideas. Um, one thing about Walla Walla that I want to throw in right off the bat is that in February, they do a thing called February is for foodies. We had it on the thing. Of course, it's over now. But it's really something to think about because this year, you know, isn't always this way, but we were walking around Walla Walla at the end of February without jackets. It was 55 degrees. Yeah. It went to so, 62 one day. Yes. Yeah. So you can get over there safely. The hotel rates for February's for Foodie, they, they do some block out rates, so you get great rates. They, um, they do a number of restaurants and wineries have specials, so they'll have maybe a three-course thing at a restaurant or something like that. They have a lot of stuff going on. They had some cooking classes you could attend. and So a lot of fun things. So that's something to think about. And that kind of goes into the first tip, which is go off-season because you can really talk to people. And you, I know this time, and of course we were there for a specific reason to do interviews, but I feel much more connected to Walla Walla because we really talk to people. I feel like we have a reason to go back and we know people and... And, and you I get think that, that helps. feel for it that way. And actually, you know, I mean, I, yeah, it's a great time to go. Yeah. You know, things are really more affordable for sure. And you're yeah. not beating all the crowds into the tasting rooms and this yeah. and that. You know, so it's a really nice time yeah. to go. And Tom, you were mentioning about um, you might have time to get out into a vineyard, and it's an interesting time to see the vineyard. It was. We saw uh, one vineyard that had, uh, had some weather damage, and they were taking down all the old stocks, and they had allowed the runners uh, last season to grow. And they were training up the runners and then trimming them. So they were going up and then out like a T, and they were trimming them and binding them onto the old, uh, some of the old, or, you know, the, what they used to train vines anyways. And uh, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I got some photographs of it, and I put, uh, I actually used one of the vineyard pictures. I just put it up the other day on the Facebook header. But, um 
Really interesting. And so if you can get out in the vineyard with the winemaker and learn, you'll learn all kinds of stuff when you go get out with those guys. And so in the wintertime, you can do that. They're, they're happy to take you out in the vineyard and tell you what's going on. Yeah. One of the things that, <clears throat> that, you know, first of all, if you do fly over there and not drive, you know, you, your, your wine flies free. I mean, that's pretty cool yeah. on Alaska Airlines. Yes. And uh, what I found when I was um, – was in Wawa. We we did rent a car, but you know I ended up buying a couple bottles at each place I stopped. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of want to stock up on Walla Walla wines when you're there. So um, you know it's great to do that. They will give you a case to fill up if you have a car and you've got it in your you know because you want to yeah. be prepared if you're going to ship your wine home. Exactly. So um, exactly. And if there's a really smoking deal, I say make room in the trunk and buy a case. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because you're always sad when you get well, home that you didn't do it. I got some really good deals <laughs> doing that before. One of the other things I want to mention about going off season is do be careful. We we had no problem in Walla Walla. Everything was open. Of course, they were doing the Februarys for foodies, so everybody was on, on track. But one year, we went to Napa in January for this exact reason. And we did not understand that in Napa, January is the month that everybody closes down and does their deep cleanings because mm-hmm. nobody's there. Makes sense. So uh, we had a lot of restaurants we wanted to go to, and they were closed uh, for the month. Uh. So, you know... It, Check things out. I'm not uh, sensing that that happens in Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing their cleaning all along or uh-huh. something, you know, But and they don't close for a whole month. But it was true in Napa, so. Good, good to know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is if you have more than a couple people, call ahead to wineries. Uh, if you've got a group, they need to know, first of all, because a lot of the places are small. Um, but they will give you a tour, and you will really get to know the place, the winery and maybe the winemaking, you know, the winemakers. So call ahead. But either way, get out there and taste because there's so much good wine oh my there. God, that's oh great. My All right. Well, we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to be back with News Bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Ponte Seafood Grill. I'm Ben Dimitri from LaCole Number 41 Winery, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name is Christina, and I live in Redmond, Washington. One of my favorite places to go in Seattle is La Toulouse Petite, and it's so amazing for Cajun. It's just amazing, and they have tapas and drinks, and you can be there for hours, and it's amazing. This is Connie from Seattle Dining, and we are back with our News Bites. What's going on around town? Now, you can always keep up with our News Bites as they happen by following our Twitter account, which is at Seattle Dining One, or simply reading the News Bites column at www.seattledining.com. Jamie, and click one... on News Bites. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. You must do that. Jamie, we, um, I was listing in our News Bites mm-hmm. column uh, the James Beard semifinalist nominations. Right. Any surprises in there for you? Uh, you know, when I'm looking here, I see, um, obviously, Northwest Chef Eric Donnelly, right? Mm-hmm. Rock Creek. Um, and just opened Flint Creek. Also. Is it open now? I think it's open. Oh, okay. I haven't been, but I, I think it's open. Or it's supposed to be open. Oh, okay. And that's the steakhouse down on Greenwood? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their their food's phenomenal, so I that's yes. not a surprise at all. Yeah. Uh, Il Corvo. 
shoe in. Hello. Yeah. Um, uh, Renee Erickson, you know, she continues to do a stellar job of restaurants all the way down to the decor. I mean, really, yeah. just some amazing things. And I love the fact that some of her newer places, you know, have, um, you know, she's cutting all her own meat. Wow. You know, it's just really getting into it. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's not a surprise at all. Um, let's see. Rising Star Chef. I'm not familiar with this one. Hogstone Wood Oven. That's an Orcus, right? Where are you looking? James Beard, semifinalist, rising star. Chef, Jay Blackington, Hogstone Wood Oven. I don't know that. Oh. That's an Orcus. Oh, we skipped a couple there. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, um, Eduardo Jordan from Solare, Nathan Lockwood right. from Altura, and Dustin Ronsby's from Art of the Table, and Rachel Yang and Safe Churchy from Yeah, yeah I don't, none all, of those are a surprise. No, so, none of those are Solari is like a new place, and the guy's already like getting a Jane's Beard. You know what? He's been around a lot. He's cooked at a lot of places, but this is his first place of himself. So and I am not familiar with that one, so I better yeah. put it on the list. It's a, it's a place we have to Altura, go. Altura, I love. I think it's, have you been there? It's, it's amazing. And no. just, you know, it's tiny. I mean, yeah. there's some little booths along the wall and then you set the up counter. at the counter, but the quality of the food, I mean, they're the meats that they serve yeah. are amazing. So, and I, uh, I just like their attitude, which is, mm-hmm. this is what we want to do and we're going to do it the way we want right. to do it. So right. they're closed certain days because mm-hmm. they have a child and they're going to be oh, home. Very good. You know? Do you know about Eden Hill? Have you been? Yeah. Okay. So I did a story with them uh, and I, they right down from where I live. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah, they're really, really nice people. Okay, cool. I've seen a yeah. lot, a lot of write-ups, but I haven't been yet. Speaking I'm, of small places, yeah, it's tiny, it's right? Tiny. Yeah. And so the fact that he's a rising star is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know Jay Blackington from Hogstone Wood Oven on Orcas. So, mm-hmm. um, Candles and Wild Ginger, no big surprise on semifinals for Outstanding Wine Program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're a big uh, Lark fan. I so. love Lark. I do. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And then, oh, well, how nice. Ethan Stoll is on there, too. Is Outstanding Restaurateur. Yeah. And Service Cafe Juanita. Yeah. You know, Cafe Juanita is very classic. Yeah. You know, they do a great job. I've not been since it's been uh, remodeled. Yes, I haven't either. And it's, better put that on the list. It's time. It's, it's time, time to get out there yep. again. Um, let's see. Not surprising. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you know what? I think we should move on from semi uh, from the James okay. Beard. There's, there okay. weren't yeah. any big surprises. No big surprises. You um, can see them all on our Twitter feed. Exactly. Um, Brimmer and Heel Tap, which we really like, mm-hmm. is working toward offering brunch. Nice. Jen said in a few months. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming May, maybe something like that. Right. We well, they do have know. lovely outdoor space as well. So maybe yeah. she's waiting till the weather picks up a yeah. little bit. But. Um, you know, kudos to uh, Jen and her chef. They have done an outstanding job getting lots of accolades, um, yes. you know, attention to detail. Yeah. You know, from from everything, from decor yeah. to food quality. Yeah. And she's got her fingers on everything. I, yep. I like that. She's yes. in charge. She, she does. Um, Caps Club, do you want to talk about that or shall I talk about it? Go ahead. That? It's uh, going into the old Miaroma space in Kenmore, mm-hmm. which that Miaroma we were talking about has yep. been there Forever. I'm not even going to say how young I was when I started going there. But um, they're looking at a March or April opening, and it is going to be a restaurant. And I honestly don't know right now what kind of food. But the interesting part is it's going to be a music venue with 70s and 80s rock. Mm. And it is going to seat like 250 people. You know, that part of town needs more 
venues. Uh-huh. It needs more food. So I think it's terrific news. Yeah. I really do. I do too. Is it going to be all ages, do we know? Because, you know, that school of rock, those kids need to get out and play. <laughs> I, I don't think it's I, – I, I would – I would guess Doubt it's that 21 it's 21 and over. For, yeah, 250 people. I don't know. But yeah. it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, um, and I just heard about this new place actually in the Bellevue Collection. Freshy? Freshy. Freshy. Fresh food. Yes. Convenient and affordable to all. Bellevue Collection just can like use that. Just like the Bellevue Collection. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so they're doing regular stuff like breakfast, wraps, frozen yogurt, soup, salads. Um, and the owner is Melissa Barnes. It's going to be up on the second level opening this spring. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see. Bellevue is coming around. Is. Yeah. And then Salty's is doing the their annual be shellfish, eat me. Be shellfish. And I That's just thought cute. it was interesting, the uh, dishes they had there. Um, they're doing a garlic chili prawns, prawn saltine boca, which is one wrapped in prosciutto, and then prawn puttanesca. How bad could any of those be? I, not bad. In fact, I, you know, I think they do some great promotions. They just finished their crab one, and I was like, I wanted to get there. I was I was too busy, and I couldn't get out, but I wanted to get there. I know there. it. That looked great. Their crab stuff, I just... Maybe with all those seashells they have left over, they can grind them up and make a glucosamine putinesca. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God. Are you feeling old today, Tom? What's going on over there? <laughs> it does help my left hip a little bit. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're going to talk about Washington Wine Month, which is awesome, right? Yes. That's our next Always. thing up. Okay, so Washington Wine Month. Uh, it was the whole month of March, and it sort of is the precursor to uh, Taste Washington, which is the uh, first weekend in April. Uh, and I love Washington Wine Month for a number of reasons. One, I'm a Washington wine fan, but yes. two, it is a fantastic time to stock up on Washington wine and fill your cellar. That's mm. why I love it, too. So not only can you go into, well, grocery stores for sure, but retail shops and what have you and find some amazing pricing on a variety of Washington wines. You can go to a Washington wine function almost every day in March. Exactly. And so one of the uh, series that I think is really awesome and a great way for you to get out to the Fairmont Olympic Hotel if you don't normally frequent it because it's a really fun um, tasting series. So on Thursdays and Fridays throughout the month of March, they will feature a... um, Complimentary wine tasting with some of Washington's best local wines. You can sit back and sip. Uh, They'll have live local music and tasting bites from our favorite chef, Gavin Stevenson. Uh, He's uh, showing off a new lounge menu there. The tastings are from 4.30 to 7 p.m., complimentary and open to the public. So March 3rd, which is the first one, uh, Woodward Canyon. I mean, and LaCole. I think you have to make reservations, though, don't you? I wonder if they carpooled. Uh, It does not say that. Uh, it's a book or Washington? No, it does not oh, say make reservations. It doesn't say. I'll have to I check don't... into that. We were going to go to some last uh-huh. year, and they they booked out. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if they book out or not, but you should check it out every Thursday or Friday. Yeah. First one is this this Thursday. So, um, mm-hmm. I that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Is that series? And then other things that uh, that I think are going on that are kind of cool. Well, something in Bellevue actually. 
Um, Sweet, the Sweet Lounge in Bellevue oh. is doing 20% off Washington Wines during the month of March. So nice. that's pretty special. Uh, no, not the March, just Wednesdays, oh, but just still. Wednesdays. So, yes, middle of the week, yeah. 20% off. Um, and even some of the wineries are doing some cool things. So, like, Stefano has 20% off uh, their Sangiovese during the month Ooh. of March. So, I mean, there are some great deals to be yes. had out there. The best thing to do to find out what's going on Washington Wine Month is go to WashingtonWine.org, which is the Washington Wine Commission's website and click on their Washington Wine Month uh, tab because all of the um, all the things that are going on will be listed there and you can figure out where you yeah. want to go. Make or, your plan. Exactly. It's a great month to taste. Yeah. And also in March, it's Dine Around again from the 6th to the 31st. So not everybody does lunch, but if they do it, it's 18 for three courses or 33 for a three-course dinner. And I think it's more than 40 restaurants that are participating. It's it's grown yes. a lot over the last few years, and they're good good menus and it's good places. It's a great way to get out and dine. I like to hold on these months. Um, I tend to go out during Dine Around more than Restaurant Week uh-huh. for some reason. I don't know why. It's just a little more specialized. Yeah. Uh, and I like sometimes like that there's fewer restaurants participating. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it's a great deal. It's a great time to meet up with friends that you haven't seen for a long time and get out and dine at exactly. a really affordable price. Yeah. Maybe we should check out Cafe Juanita in Altura. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> also, uh, All Recipes just recently put a thing up about Chef Alvin Benuya's from Ponte. It's his octopus recipe. That octopus at Ponte is beyond belief. And so it's the recipe's up on All Recipes. Oh, so cool. you can check that out. Okay. Um, and then you know... About Tuxedos and Tennis Shoes. Tuxedos and Tennis Shoes is one of the premier catering companies in the city. And uh, they've been around for 30 years, which is a long time. A long time. And the owners, David Haggerty and David Mextroth, um, have kind of rebranded because they have a bunch of different areas of their business. The new uh, overarching company name is called D-Squares. And D-Squared, and it includes... Uh, Tuxedos and table shoes. Tennis tuxi- shoes. Table shoes. Table shoes. Table shoes. That's a new word. I like that. Tuxedos and tennis shoes catering, a venue, uh, the hall at Fauntleroy in West Seattle. And then they do have uh, David's and Company in Benaroya Hall, which is um, kind of upscale barbecue. And then Muse, which is fine dining at the Seattle Symphony. So um, check them out. You'll be hearing about it. D squared. And their food is great. And if you need a catering company for something, tuxedos and tennis shoes, great quality longevity they've been around a long time yeah. and uh and we know the their uh, director of operations well and she does a fantastic job yeah. and she wouldn't go with anyone who wasn't no, really she wouldn't. great no it's actually mo shaw who used to be the general manager of ray's boathouse yeah. for 17 years 17 she's years. had a little bit of experience yeah and that was not her first job let's just say that let's just say even yeah. though she's like 23 exactly okay <laughs> looking good mo <laughs> um going into the old hunger spot in fremont 3601 Fremont Avenue North, that is Sean O'Donnell's. Um, They have a place in Everett, and they have a place in the Smith Tower. It's an Irish bar and American restaurant. I am not sure when that's opening, but that's coming up. Okay. And remember what was in that space before Hunger. McMenamins. McMenamins. Doc Doc Watson's. (gasps) Doc Watson's, that's right, which was was an American restaurant. With a semi-Irish bar. Oh, interesting. I, w- I forgot that I had been to the McMinimans recently. We'll have to talk oh. about that next show unless you want to talk about it now. Which Oh, uh, the one in Bothell? Yeah. Oh. There's probably no time now, so I'll save it for next time. Okay. Okay. Or we'll see. Um, Genki Sushi closing in the Broadway building on Capitol Hill at the end of February, so you guys don't care because it's March when you're listening to this. 
Um, they sold out their other place on Lower Queen Anne a couple of years ago, so I don't know if they're leaving the area. I don't. I haven't looked up where they all are, but interesting. It's a it's a larger company. I figure someday they're going to take that building down where they were because they oh. need to gentrify more. Yeah, because there's not enough going on on Capitol yeah, Hill. We don't have enough gentrification in Seattle yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this last one, I don't. I'm not really that familiar with Portland's Little Big Burgers. I do not know a lot about them because I haven't eaten down there. Um, the The reason I wanted to bring this up today is because they're coming to Seattle. They're going to open ten spots this no coming kidding. year. But what cracked me up, uh, and because it's everyone's dream, it's this guy and his wife, and they're now divorced. But they started Blue Star Donuts. They've done a oh, whole okay. bunch of culinary things in Portland. Uh-huh. They just sold. Um, Little Big Burgers to Chanticleer Holdings, who also owns Hooters, six point one million. No, six point one million. When are we getting a Hooters back in South Lake for, Union? Oh, no. stop. For, for their for the concept, <laughs> I think they're out of it. I think they sold. How it. many did they have? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I mean, obviously, that's... these people are, and they own another burger chain oh, back okay. east too, oh, or something. Okay, gotcha, so gotcha. okay, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, burgers. I mean. You know, everybody's going into burgers. I mean, you know that, yes. you know that, um, oh, what's the restaurant up on Capitol Hill? Zoe. Okay, oh, yeah. Zoe Restaurant. Like, they, they opened Feed Company Burgers in Red. That's right. And that's kind of going to be their growth vehicle. Yeah. Now you've got Josh Henderson Great and State. Great State Burger, which just opened. Kind of yeah. Is he going to do, like, like multiple locations? I, I would be, I would be surprised if. People didn't if you open Great a burger State. place. Great I mean, State's we, got we, yeah. two already. We've been graced with Five Guys Burgers and Fries mm. all over the place. And yeah. Scott Staples also has Unita Burger. That's right. So I think that, um, you know. Burgers have gone well, wild, like pizza. Well, and yeah. then there's the California Burger. Oh, yeah. Where's Cali that? Burger. Cali Burger. Where's that? Yeah, that's in the University District. Oh, okay. It's a, they don't have any stores in California, uh-huh. though. But they're called Cali Burger? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting. And then you've got this Portland's Little Burgers coming in with 10 spots, right? I know. I mean, and the so, first one's going to be on Capitol Hill, and they're looking for other spaces. Interesting. I'll tell you what, in and out is right on the outskirts. They're down there in Medford now. You know they're yeah, going to make it gonna up here. They're going to come up. I and, like, yet, yep. and yet the Oregon one that you like so much has not burger, come up yet. Burger Burgerville. Yeah, I love Burgerville. Yeah, Burgerville's, Burgerville's good. Cynthia Nims actually did. Uh, she did the salmon recipe some, for him. A salmon sandwich oh, for him. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, it's evidently burgers are popular. popular. Gourmet burgers and shakes, right? So Kid Valley is probably saying, "Hey, go away! We started this thing a long oh, time yeah. ago, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and, and Dix is very slow to open new locations. Well, as Dix, well. you know, Dix is always going to be popular, no matter. I mean, I know. They, you know, doesn't matter who opens, Dix is going to be popular. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I knew somebody who always took great pleasure in asking other people if they liked dicks. Why? Because they didn't like dicks? Well, it just sounds funny when you say oh, oh, it. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, oh, we were go- we, Jamie and I were taking the high road. Okay. Tom, I'm not so sure about you today. I think you're not <laughs> awake, am I? <laughs> or fully awake. Maybe yeah, that's I the problem. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be right back with calendar highlights for March. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, the host of Happy Hour Radio. And right now you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. This is JP. I'm from Lake City. And one of my favorite places to eat is Cafe Lago.
Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show. You are with Connie and Jamie and Tom, and we are going to start talking about what's on the calendar for March. I would like to say there is just a ton of Easter stuff, but we have, I think, two <laughs> items. People aren't releasing information about Easter yet. so It's, not, it's the end of the month, It's right? the 27th. Yeah. So oh, there's come. more than two there right now, but there will be more later. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, you know, just go to www.seattledining.com and click on calendar to get that. Very few things I've heard of so far for St. Patrick's Day as well. So You can always go to a bar and order an Irish coffee. Exactly. Right? And, of course, you know people may not be talking about it, but everybody's going to be doing something well, for Well, and with all the breweries? Yes. I'm thinking Ridiculous. there's going to be a lot of things going on. But yes. starting in March, March, sec- March 2nd, there's a cooking class with uh, exec- executive chef Bruno Feldesian. Feldesian. I can't say his last name. Feldesian. You said it earlier. Feldesian, maybe? Feldesian. At Semiamu it. Resort. Uh, it's so beautiful up there. Uh, uh, worth. Yeah, and they're going to be doing a series of these classes. Uh, the classes are on Wednesday. Each class will include a hands-on experience that is paired with a wine flight. Uh, you will get an apron, which is really nice, recipe cards, and um, the uh, option of a great room rate, $99 for a room rate. So a March 2nd class is oysters from Taylor Shellfish, always delicious at this time of year. And uh, they're lo- located in Blaine, Washington, so it's really not that far. No, it's a quick ride and pretty. And let's see, what else? Oh, on March 3rd, so let's keep you busy every single day here in March. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, If you're over in eastern Washington, the Clore Center is doing a Chardonnay blind tasting. For for Chardonnay lovers, this is a great way to learn about wine when you blind taste it and find out what your preferences are. You don't have to be blind to do the tasting. You do do not, actually. (laughs) Um, But uh, there'll be high-end Chardonnays from six different winemakers, and you can sort of learn what you like. It's $30, and that's on March 3rd at the Clore Center. And there's some light appetizers, too. Awesome. That's excellent. Then on the 4th, as soon as you get back, um, go down to Redondo Beach in Washington and Salty's at Redondo and the MAST Center, which is Marine and Science Technology, is the building next to it. It's actually a very fascinating place to go next time you're just wandering around on the promenade down there. Check out the MAST thing. It's cool, and they have a big whale skeleton, so they're calling this the belly of the whale dinner, <laughs> um, March 4th. And Josh Green is the chef down there now. Mm-hmm. That's, there's been a change mm-hmm. there. And they're going to they're gonna rename Josh Green Chef Jonah. Yes, Chef okay. Jonah. Nice. Oh, Tom, <laughs> batting a thousand today, honey. Uh, <laughs> so there is going to be, a, it's a five-course dinner. I'm not gonna go to, going to go through everything, but there is a salmon wellington. Um, there is a, well, that salad sounds great, crispy pork belly and scallops for one of the courses. It's really going to be lovely. 90 per person does not include tax or service charge. Limited seating. I mean, you do have to uh, reserve your spot, so you can call them. This is all in our calendar, so go to that phone number and call them. Um, And that is the story on that one. Okay. Well, on March 7th, which is a Monday, it is a Washington State AVA wine tasting series. And uh, the World Trade Center, which is just uh, across from the Edgewater Hotel mm-hmm. in Seattle, yeah. World Trade Center. It's, it's lovely. They have a beautiful wor- a room upstairs, a round room with a beautiful oh, with view. view. Oh. And uh, every couple of months they do a Washington State AVA tasting. This particular series is very interesting because it's talking about some of the smaller AVAs in Washington. Mm. So you'll learn about Snipes Mountain, Natchez Heights, 
the Waluk Slope, Rattlesnake Hills, and Ancient Lakes. And uh, then you get to taste those wines, which is fabulous, and uh, hear from uh, people from those regions. So you can learn oh. more about what's really happening in Washington State. There's, you know, quite a few AVAs now. Yeah. So uh, And the smaller ones, too, don't always get the love. You know, they, they don't right. have the marketing budget right. or something. So you don't always hear about that, them, and it's really... Right. And a lot of the wines, you know, that come from places like that, you can't even get them at the grocery store. You can only get them in the tasting room or at the restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. So So this is a great way to learn a little bit more. And for information, you really want to just go to um, world. It's WTCSeattle.com, World Trade Center Seattle. Yes. And interesting that that leads to something on the 9th, which is a wine and cheese pairing at Frechette Winery in Benton City, which I personally had not heard of. Mm-hmm. And I've been to Benton City a number right of down times. down the road from Snipes Mountain. Oh, there you go. Well, Benton City is down the road from Red Mountain. Really. Yeah. They're doing it. Frechette is doing a really great job. Oh, good. Yeah, they really are. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a family winery. Um, they're well-versed in what they're doing. They're really big on education, but calling kind of calling it edutainment. Oh, yeah. Which I think is yeah. fun. And uh, I think you can learn a lot from, yeah. from them. And uh, their wines are terrific. And that's what they're doing with this. Um, they're... There are a number of things to consider. They say texture, acidity, fat, tannin. So they're going to share single varietal wines to pair with these cheese. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's going to be on the 9th. On the 10th, uh, over in Bothell, you can uh, attend a fabulous winemaker dinner, Lance Cellars Winemaker. Uh, they have delicious wines. I know I've had their uh, Cabernet Franc before. Mm, very, very good. Yeah. Russell's is always a great place for a winemaker dinner. Uh, if you haven't been, uh, the uh, the restaurant is in an old milk dairy. Yeah. Uh, and it's really a, a beautiful place, and that's over there in Bothell. So you can go to russelllowell.com for information. And that one's $125, but it includes tax and gratuity. So pretty good deal. And then there's a beer tasting cruise with Fremont Brewing on the 11th of March. And this is with Waterways Cruises. Their boats are very nice. Um, I've been on those, and they've actually had pretty darn good food when I've been on them. Sometimes you don't expect that in a kind of tourist thing, thing, but they do a good job. Um, So you can learn about local craft brewing Enjoy some of the Fremont Brewing beers, which are very good. And then they've got um, delicious course offerings by their executive chef, and it's a two-and-a-half-hour cruise. Uh, that is 7 to 9.30, and it's $65 for adult. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. That's very reasonable. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. a- uh, okay, then on the 13th, a 611 Supreme pop-up night at Rumba. So this is a very special pop-up night with Chef Margaret Edwins. Uh, and uh, the 611 Supreme is not really around anymore, but this is going to be a pop-up of the favorite menu items. And uh, they, they've let us know that the pork chop will be there in case you are a follower of their favorite <laughs> pork chop. Uh, it's from 5 to 10. They'll also have some fun drinks and lots of familiar faces. And uh, they, they promise some surprise guests as well. Uh, they are located on Pike Street in Seattle. And uh, for information, I don't have the price here. But uh, for information, you can go to rumbaonpike.com. And that is on March 13th. And then on the 17th, the only St. Patrick's Day listing we have at this moment is ironically at the resort at Port Ludlow, the fireside <laughs> restaurant, which is not Irish at all. But they're doing beer and whiskey specials throughout the evening and a three-course dinner in the fireside restaurant. What do you think about maybe like a craft beer and a shot of Midori you in are, the beer? Oh, oh God. What do you think about that? I think that sounds terrible. It does. It really, <laughs> really does. terrible. <laughs> I want to 
see you do it. <laughs> yeah, you first. I'll have a little Bailey's with it, too, at the same time, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> a nice little cement mixer of the green. Oh, he's going to be so sick. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. You're doing the wine tasting cruise with Canoe Ridge Winery? You know, um, I yep. think you should take that okay. one. Um, that is going to be a part of a Washington Wine Month deal. Um, it's going to be aboard another Waterways yacht, and they're doing Walla Walla wines paired with course offerings, again, by that executive chef. Um, and they're going to have the wine expert from Canoe Ridge Vineyard, and they're going to share the history of each wine and guide you through the tasting presentation. That's, okay. again, two and a half hours. March 18th, okay. leaves at 7, returns at 9.30. That's $79. Service, sales, port charges are additional. Okay. You can't get a 10% group discount. So if you've got a bunch of friends who think that would be fun to do, get your discount. Okay, now you've got a bunch of, we've got a bunch of Easter brunch ideas for you here. Yeah. yeah. You go, should we go through those? Yeah. Okay, so you've got an Easter brunch cruise, back to Waterways Cruises here, um, and that is on March 27th, 10 a.m., returns at noon, $66. It's pretty decent price for an adult, I think, for a brunch like this. Yeah. It's probably a big buffet. Let's see here. Uh, just looking to see Extraordinary Brunch. It does not, it does not say, say, but I would imagine it's a buffet. I don't yeah. know. For yeah. more information, go to waterwayscruises.com for that Easter brunch. And hopefully it won't get too stormy and the buffet won't tip over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next one is at 6-7. Uh, 6-7 is in the Edgewater Hotel, and that is from 11 to 3 p.m. on Easter Sunday, and it uh, looks like they're going to have a variety of different things to choose from. Uh, the food there is delicious. They will have a carving and omelet station as well. Uh, it is uh, 75 for adults, 45 for children, and that is, again, located inside the Edgewater Hotel on Alaskan Way. Yes. And then Willow's Lodge is doing something they do every year. They do two brunch options. They do Barking Frog, mm-hmm. and it's an a la carte brunch menu, and they had do some special Easter signature items. And then they, uh, the, in the lodge itself, in the Sammamish Ballroom, they do a buffet brunch. Mm-hmm. So just a little something for everyone yeah. if you don't like it's getting nice up and going to have that through option. The, exactly. Yeah. So, and they've got the space for it. I know in the ballroom they have seatings, 10, 10, 30, 12, 30, and 1. So um, in that one you have to be very specific. And if you go out to their website, they have links that go specifically to the 10 a.m. So or to the 10:30. That's nice. Yeah, I didn't put those in here mm. because it would have been just so long. But right. on their website, you can specifically choose your time. And uh, I'll bet you've been to the the uh, brunch, the Easter brunch at Ponty. I have not. You've not been. I've not ever been oh, to the Ponty. Oh well, I bet it's wonderful. As much as we love um, Richard, dress up like a rabbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, it looks like they have. This is a a. Um, um, they have menu choices here, so it is yeah. not a buffet, but there are lots of delicious choices. Um, Chef Alvin does a wonderful job with it, it, pretty much anything he anything, touched. But exactly. okay, so you can you can have more of an entree style, you know, sockeye salmon, or you can go for a crab Benedict or brioche French toast. Wow. The price is only thirty five dollars per person, so it's really quite affordable. That's uh, a great deal too. D- does yeah. not include um, your beverage, tax, or service. But um, Ponty is a, a lovely spot. You know, I used to wait tables there when they very first opened. Oh my gosh. How long have they been open? 25 years? It's 25. Yeah. It was 25 mm-hmm. in November. It's a beautiful place. A beautiful place. The food is delicious. Wow. And then Port Ludlow is doing their Easter, which is a brunch. Um, and that's from 11 to 3, 42 for adults, 19 for children. Um, reservations recommended. Again, just you can go out to uh, 
portlaloresort.com. Ferry trip not included yes, in their $42. Exactly. Okay, this is kind of a fun one on March 29th. Uh, what happiness tastes like? Isn't that nice? <laughs> I know, I like that title. Uh, so Jean Thomas, who's the CEO of Seattle Chocolates, and Stacey Lill, who's the founder of O Wines, are coming together for a night of tastings and insights. And both women were named Women of Influence honorees by Puget Sound Business Journal in 2013. So they're providing an inspiring example of their journeys as entrepreneurs. But you'll also be able to taste the fabulous wine and delicious Seattle chocolates. And um, for information, you can... Uh, let's see where oh that's at the World Trade Center oh, yeah. again so wtcseattle.com and uh, that is on March 29th it doesn't have a price but it sounds really fun yes. and you can learn a little something while you're there too exactly and on March 30th this is our last one for the the month unfined unfiltered uncensored a winemaker dinner at FSD with chef Bobby Moore from Barking Frog mm-hmm. so it's an interesting thing he does this periodically he'll go out to a winery and do a dinner there. So it's his food, but the FSD wines, that's at 6.30, tasting, and then dinner at 7. Um, young and upcoming winemakers. There's going to be four winemakers there. Uh, let's see. It's um, two vintners, Curlew Cellars, FSD, and uh, who's the fourth one? Oh, it's WT Vintners. Well, it's just for the four of them. WT. And then, yeah. um, so it's a five-course dinner paired with wines, and you get to talk to all these people. So that's mm-hmm. 150 per person, plus tax and gratuity. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, FSD is in Woodenville. Okay. Uh, that's it. That's March. That's March. That's March. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to uh, take a short break here, and when we come back, uh, Connie and I are going to be interviewing uh, Scott from the Marcus Whitman Hotel as well as John from Dunham Cellars. We'll see you in a moment. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, my name's Robert Takahashi. I'm with Brian Carter Cellars, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name's Randy. I live in Bellevue, and I like Poppy Restaurant in Cap Hill. The variety of food, the excellence of preparation, and the friendliness of staff make it a tremendous place to eat. Seattle Dining Show. I'm Connie Adams, and we're here with Scott McLean, the executive chef of the Marcus Whitman Hotel in Walla Walla. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure, Connie. I want to go back and learn a little about you. First of all, I guess my first question is, you're the executive chef at the Mark, but you're at the hotel totally, right? You're, you're executive chef over all the events. Absolutely. Um, The convention center is part of the hotel and all the food that we serve there, as well as the lounge, which is the the Vintner's Vintners Lounge Mm -hmm. as well. Um, uh, Pretty much the total food end of things in the hotel and convention center here. There's not really room service here, is there, but you can buy box lunches or something? Yeah, we we don't serve food to the rooms, but 
Um, lots of times our guests will order them and come down, and we do have trays that we put them on and oh, put those. Okay. And there's also amenities, a full amenity list that you can get as well, and we have quite a variety on that as well. And then if you're just out for the day going to wineries, we do box lunches and different oh, types of great. things to go out with you on your trips throughout the vineyards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the Mark is upscale. It's a lovely restaurant, and it's high-end food. Uh, it's as, as everything seems to be in the northwest it's casual you can be very comfortable and not feel stuffy but it's nice food it's nice yes absolutely um we like everybody to feel comfortable when they come in you know the, our dining level is not casual but um you know if you're out going around to the wineries during the day you're real comfortable you've had exactly. some different wines you can come in and really relax here and unwind and you know really get catered to through mm-hmm. the different foods and beverage that we offer try to put your palate back together <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and also you know we have a sommelier in house and we pair our wines as well so you can continue on your wine tasting mm-hmm. here as well and we like to pair up a lot of our wines with the food on the mark's menu and as well as we have quite a few wines by the glass that are offered in the lounge and the mm-hmm. restaurant yeah mm-hmm. you know this isn't food related but one of our most hated things is how loud every place is Mm -hmm. and the mark is we happened to be there the other night and there was a group of i don't know 15 people that came in at a center table wasn't a problem at all Uh -uh. you know it wasn't loud it wasn't overwhelming and and they were happy they weren't you know rambunctious but they weren't silent people it was just really it's the, the dining room's done very well so that you can really enjoy yourself and have your own experience without living everybody else's. Absolutely. You know, it has some nice booths and tables, and it's it's appointed, so it's not it's not all crammed together. You have plenty of room. You know, you're mm-hmm. not bumping into somebody seated behind you. You're mm-hmm. not listening to their conversations. You know, it's a great place to come and relax and, you know, be with someone and be able to have conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's well done. You know, I mean, there's a lot of woodwork that's really pretty in it, and I... I love the mural on the wall of Walla Walla. It's pretty breathtaking there. Yes. And uh, I think it's well-appointed dining room. It's it's not stuffy by any means, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I would say it's got a classic flair to it. It does. You feel mm-hmm. like you've been someplace. You know, you've gone out. It, it's absolutely. It's not, you know, the diner down the street. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the the lounge, is mm-hmm. it the vineyard lounge? Yeah, or vineyard the, lounge. Okay. Yeah. Um, that has a, a different menu. I mean, it's not obviously so high-end, but it's burgers and... yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more casual flair, but at the same time, we try to upscale and change it. We change our menus in both the lounge and the Mark restaurant 10 times a year, right wow. in there. Wow, so 10 times 10 a times. year? 10 times. That's you, a lot. But I want to talk a little bit about the season about seasonability mm-hmm. of Walla Walla in general. If you want to talk about farm to table, it's a different thing in Walla Walla. I've been a chef for, I don't know, I've been in the industry 38 years, and I remember ordering produce across the phone, and it was more of an ordering thing. You know, you'd you'd order up what you needed, this and that. And you never saw it until it came. Yeah, you never saw it until it came. But, well, we have local farmers that come in, and they come right into our kitchen with their boots and overalls on, and they're talking about what's good right now, and they're sending us texts of what's coming in. And actually, some of them have worked with us, uh, you know, to work with what we sh- what they need to plant for the season. What are we looking for to use on our menu? Well, that's good. Yeah, which is really ideal. It I is. remember the first time, it was like my second day here, and I was standing in front of the walk-in, and it was kind of, I was just kind of doing a visual, you know, first day or second day, looking at observation shift, mm-hmm. and I'm watching what's going on, and one of the local farmers came in and went in front of me and said hi, and she went into the walk-in, and then she came out and said hi again, and she went out the door. 
And the next day she come in and I was kind of, that was kind of weird, that experience. <laughs> and then the next day she came in and she's pushing this cart that's full of the most beautiful produce I've ever seen in my life, right out of the Walla Walla Valley here, you know, yeah. it's like two miles out of town, if that. Yeah. And um, I was just blown away and, and I'm like, hi, and she introduced herself, you know, and, and I go, what's this? And she goes, well, this is your produce to use for the next couple of days. And I was just... <laughs> now go figure out your menu. She, exactly. She looked into the walk-in and decided yeah, what yeah. you needed. She, she knew what we were needed. And she, she'd already discussed what was on the menu with the chefs. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she brought that in. And, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I'm in the right place. <laughs> yes, you know, I have landed. I've landed here. <laughs> and, you know, the sense that it's just gone on and on. You know, we like to take advantage of those local growing seasons. And we can up and prepare a lot of stuff for so that we can use local ingredients throughout the year in a representation of Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. Incredible is the only word I can use for the produce that we get here in oh, Walla yeah. Walla locally. Yeah. You know, I, I had a little tour of the kitchen in the back yeah. hallways there yeah. and, and the ballrooms. You can seat mm-hmm. up to 450 people. Absolutely. Now, how do the local farmers, do you know far enough in advance to say, hey, we're going to have 450 people and I need a lot more of this produce or this how do how do you work that yes we do um you know so we're, we're really keyed into the seasons I you know whether it's uh, fresh baby lettuces that are coming on or whether it's fresh herbs or whether it's beets or whether it's asparagus or whether it's walla walla onions and mm-hmm. i can just go on for days oh, we're yeah. really keyed in so when we're trying to make these menus we work a lot of those into what we're doing and we try to think ahead and when i wrote the menus to be seasonable as well mm-hmm. so that we can add that seasonal component so a lot of our things are left open to chef's choice and we'll oh, see that okay. on the menu on our menu, banquet menus for a lot of the starches the vegetables oh, potatoes okay. and side dishes and so we can have that seasonal flair now there are certain things that we put up that are locally here that you know come every year at the same time and we mm-hmm. grasp those and we preserve some of those as well oh, okay. yeah a clicker strawberries that would be one item and it, they're just the sweetest strawberry you can possibly get but their shelf life's like two days because they got so much sugar in them oh. so what we do is is we we buy them sugared and we make preserves out of those and then we'll paint our plates with those and offer that as a sweet element to our plates oh, but that's, that's just nice. one example of what we do yeah mm-hmm. i do like the mm-hmm. way you guys paint your plates i did notice that the other night and there was you know for each dish i had there was three or four different oils or or a syrup or whatever yeah, I like that. I, I think to expand on that a little bit, I, it's it's really a, a nice place to work for a culinarian, whether you're a student coming up or, or a veteran seasoned cook or at any level, because how it works with us is everybody has their specialties that they work with on our leadership team, mm-hmm. whether it be cannon, charcuterie, demi-glace, all the way down. We do all these scratch preparations, and we kind of, as a leadership, divide and conquer. And from there, it comes down to our team levels, and we like to play with a lot of what we call toys. Uh-huh. And toys are the garnishments and encroachments that we put on the plates. Okay. And to do this, we'll, we'll make different ones. We have a five-herb oil that is a process. It's just not one herb and some oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to cook up spinach, and, and we, uh, we, we take spinach, and we take parsley, and we puree it in olive oil. And we do a lot of that. That's our base. And we bring it to cooking. And just under 
under a boil, under a simmer, because we don't want it to turn brown. And then we'll put it in the walk-in and and we'll steep it with other herbs like basil, rosemary, thyme, and we'll we'll put those in it and let it steep out, and then we'll strain it all through a fine chinois. And basically it makes this really herbaceous green oil that's just lovely on the plate. And we have a red chili oil, and then we have lots of preserves, Walla Walla sweet onion jam. Uh, We have the clicker strawberries as I mentioned earlier. We also use a lot of uh, little uh, balsamic pearls, or sometimes they call them caviar. Oh, I had that on the salmon the other night. That's beautiful. And what we do is you heat up balsamic vinegar and you add an agar agar powder to it. And you heat it up just below a, a simmer. It just starts to simmer and you let it simmer for about 10 seconds. And then we take it and we put it in squeeze bottles and we drip it slow drops into uh, pre-chilled olive oil. And then they sink down and we strain those out. And they look like caviar. It has nothing to do with fish eggs, yeah. actually, but ah, it gives a nice presentation. It was beautiful. Yeah. And we like to, we love to do that. With, uh, there's all kinds of toys we use on our plates. We use a lot of cracked peppers on for the final mm. garnishment. But the main thing is... Our kitchen will work at a really fast pace, preparing all the items. We're busy, got all this going on. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time to plate, everything slows down. And every, yeah. you, you watch all the people on the line, all of our cooks, they'll slow down and take their time to do those final things and those final presentations. And what's important about that, that's where their pride is. That's their signature yes. for that person. And we give some flexibility there with the cooks so that they can do these things and kind of put their own signature in way. We do a lot of teaching and guidance, but mm-hmm. we want them to own their plates, and you know, and, and they love to do that. And they, That's unusual too. No, yeah. most people don't get a chance to do that. Yeah. I think you know it, it's a big part of this this time in my life as a chef as well. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it's not all about me. It's about the team and what we can do as a team. Mm-hmm. So you know, giving them some freedom that that just makes them own it and have more ownership of it and that pride level that that way those plates are perfect every time you know so we we teach skills and we show how we'd like to see the plates Mm -hmm. to start and then they take it from there and actually most of the time you know they make it better than we we did in the beginning so i imagine mm -hmm. that people want to work here for that Mm -hmm. reason alone i think a lot of them do you know i it it can be a little bit hectic when you're on show and and there's that the expectation level every day for you Mm -hmm. to perform at that level so it can be a little tough to do that but at the same time you know the whole reason we get up as chefs in the morning and put our shoes on and go to work and work long hours and work mm-hmm. holidays and all these different things we do exactly. miss kids birthdays i can go on forever oh yeah <laughs> okay but the reason we do that is that feeling we get when the guest really loves what they what they receive yes. from us and then that fulfillment is, is the biggest part of the pleasure of working in restaurants and food mm-hmm. is something that everyone mm-hmm. appreciates i mean you've got to yeah. eat to live and yeah. and the, and most people just so appreciate when they see a plate in front of them and they know how much work went into that, and it's something they would not do at home. It's such a joy. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, taking that pride and taking that time to make it right, you know, and having their pride in it, uh, you know, it's an emotional thing. It has an emotional tie to what they're doing. But that's the biggest part of our guest's perception, too, is seeing the food presented that way. So I have a question. Um, We have the culinary program up here at the college in town. And so uh, majority of your prep staff and maybe sauciers and that sort of thing are coming out of that program or, or they're in it and they're working at the same time? There's quite a few that are, have come through and um, some have come and stayed and some have moved on to other cities as well. 
uh, probably about 30% of our team has gone through the culinary program here in Walla Walla. We're always looking for those people that want to do this as a career mm-hmm. just because they're more vested into it exactly. and they have a higher level of um, articulation for it and desire to do it. But um, we also have a lot of skill from culinary schools from around the country as well here. So there's representations from around the country. Wow. Um, I would say, you know, that if you wanted to ask us what type of cuisine we serve here, it's definitely in Northwest cuisine, but it's got a classical background to it. There's a lot of classical, tra- classically trained chefs that are preparing these items. So we're taking local products and uh, uh, from all around this area, and then we're we're preparing them in a classical manner, and then we're pre- presenting them with a twist, mm-hmm. and you know, just our own passion put on the plate with the final garnishes. That's so fun. I would think, too, after 38 years that mm-hmm. you probably get some joy out of training because you're bringing somebody else along and you've enjoyed your career so much. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that's a that's a, it's always been, you know, a biggest reflection of my work would be, you know, whether I could teach the people to to do it properly properly mm-hmm. train them yeah. and then see them grow and bloom from it and it's part of it's part of my legacy you know I, I i i teach a lot every day with people that i work with and i really enjoy that aspect of it it's a nurturing thing for me mm-hmm. as well as i do learn i mean it's not my way or the highway i mean i you know my my attitude is kind of that man's been eating since they've been on the face of the earth, and who's to say it hasn't been done before? That's mm-hmm. kind of my attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. But I'm always looking for something new, and I learn mm-hmm. from everybody I work from every day, and that's what keeps me going too. Yeah. That I they show me my cooks will show me things, and I'll show them things, and somewhere down the line it all comes together yeah. and, and makes what we're doing. Sometimes Sh- somebody who doesn't know what they're doing will mm-hmm. come up with something that you would have dismissed. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So. You know, I like to, I like to, to I like to tell everybody I have a pretty open mind. I'm going to show you how to do it and you're probably going to get shown two or three other ways from my other sous chefs and mm-hmm. my executive sous chef and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I want them to take it all in and then make the decision on which is best for them from all the different ways they've seen it. Exactly. So if you go, if you're a closed door and you just close your door, you really slow down your educational process because you know some other people or cooks or what have you have done it or seen something different. So I'm mm-hmm. always looking for that and open to it. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to the seasonality mm-hmm. thing r- yeah. real quick because you're changing that menu 10 times yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, I bet you a lot of chefs are fainting when they hear yeah. this right now. Mm-hmm. He's changing the menu 10 times a year. Uh, mm-hmm. In my kitchen in Seattle, I have these large grids of uh, things that are in season in my neighborhood, like a whole sheet for vegetables and mm-hmm. a whole sheet for fish. Yeah. Uh, is that all upstairs or do you have a sheet like that too? You know, I, I used to sheet like that before working with other companies that I had, and that was more of a, a global sheet. Mm-hmm. So it was global to tell me what I could get, and it would say things like strawberries were were available, you know, yeah. fresh. But it, when I'm talking about local, I'm talking within a couple hundred miles of here. That's what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. So when I'm talking farm to table, I'm talking within a couple hundred miles of here. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking at. Now there are times throughout the year that we have to go out of that, you know, mm-hmm. citrus season that we're just 
standing right now, that was a big one. And we get on board that too because well, I have to put up citrus at this time of the year, like clementine marmalade, mm-hmm. and we'll put that up and make that marmalade because I want to use it in fall. Yeah. Right now I have it freshly available and it's on my plates, but I want to have it this fall because I want to go into fall with some lamb plates and other things that I love to complement with. So I, I have to think ahead on everything yeah. I'm doing. To, so you can make that. that. We had mm-hmm. that clementine mar- yeah. marmalade the other mm-hmm. night. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can make that, and then you mm-hmm. can preserve it for yeah. three to six months, maybe. Absolutely, okay. that's what we do, and we'll be looking for fall on that because you won't see full citrus come in until about Christmas. And right. We all know that when we get the store and you're seeing the kumquats yeah. and all this citrus, you know. And we want to capture each one of those seasons in their peak. Mm-hmm. And if we capture it and we can preserve some of that in their peak then we can utilize it in another season when yeah. we wouldn't it wouldn't have it available and give it to that us. little yeah. bright and and you know some of the off seasons before the full growing seasons are the challenging seasons to do mm-hmm. that because you know produce doesn't do a lot of changes if you look like november through like february into mm-hmm. march first season i like to get on is right about now and it'll be rhubarb and it's coming up oh, it's pacific yeah. northwest i mean we had rhubarb in our yard my mom used to cook it down with sugar and put it over ice cream oh yeah you know but you know that's the first sign of spring to me and it's coming really soon yeah and then of course you know the asparagus we get in walla walla i can't even talk enough about that you know and that's just a huge season for and it's us. different than asparagus you're getting from i didn't else. believe that when i first came here and i've been here about a year and four months Oh, okay yeah right in there but it changed my mind last year on the flavor of this asparagus and it's not pencils either most people prefer the pencil oh, the yeah. little one this one's a little bigger it's, it's just probably as big as my small finger and a little bigger but the flavor is just incredible and it's got that purple color that goes up into the tips Mm -hmm. it's got that real nice nutty flavor Incredible, that's all yeah. I can say and about it. And it's beautiful it. to look at it with oh, that purple in it. It's so. just gorgeous. And we'll get the first ones. The first ones come out of here out of the Tri-Cities area, and they'll, they'll beat Walla Walla by just a couple of weeks, and then we're just full into it. And uh, we do pickled asparagus as well, oh, and we, yeah. we preserve that as well, and we love to do that. But we go through asparagus like crazy, and we just grill it. We do it real simple, mm-hmm. a little salt, pepper, lemon juice over it, yes. olive oil, grill it. And, you know, we keep it simple on that way, but it, it just complements so many different plays. And oh, we yeah. love that season. Now, capture, the, the challenge in Walla Walla, and as a chef in general, is capturing each season and having it on your menu mm-hmm. and how you can do that and how you can think ahead to make that happen and understand what's coming available. And we write our menus, you know, three, four weeks ahead. So you got to know what's coming and when it's coming. And then you have to capture it at that time. So it's very challenging to do that. And you oh, yeah. really have to be on top of it, but you have to think it through. So we're writing those menus. Like we have a new menu coming up. It's going to be introduced March 3rd. And that'll be at the beginning of spring menu. That's our first oh. kick at spring. So we're all excited right oh, now yeah. because it's, we're it's already starting. We're turning that turning that corner. And, yeah. and you know how everybody feels. You know, I'm from the Seattle area, so I know, you know, the rain and oh. fog. And oh, it's it, so It goes welcome. long and, and it goes a little old. So. Yeah. You know, it gets a little old. So we want to jump right on that and get that out forward and and start that season. And we want to be on board it. And then you go into... You know, that's March and April. That takes us through. And then May has another turn, big mm-hmm. turn in Walla Walla in May. And then you get into your wild salmon coming in and your king salmons. And, mm-hmm. you know, with my, you know, my, my experience off the coast, so I love to do that. We butcher all our own fish and oh, we wow. cut all our own meats Everything here. happens here. Yeah. Well, Charcuterie is a big yeah. thing for us, too. Oh, yeah. But but catching those seasonal components is, oh, yeah. you know, part of who we are. And one of my, my last question for you yeah. is um, – 
in on my little tour, there's a chef's table, yeah. and it's not near mm-hmm. the kitchen. It's yeah. in the kitchen. Absolutely. And you can reserve yeah. to do that. Um, yeah. And it's a cost per person, and yeah. I think it's eight or ten people that can sit there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can do a course meal, wine Absolutely. dinner, and watch as everything's yeah. made, and and as all mm-hmm. the rest of the kitchen work's going on for the yeah. restaurant and everything. It, yeah. it would be really fun to do. Is that something you enjoy? Oh, absolutely. Just to have the contact with the guest in there. And the other thing that's key to that is we make those menus like three hours before we serve them. They're just typed up then. It isn't some recipe folder or menu Mm -hmm. folder we go, we'll pick that one. No. What we do is we go in the walk-in and we know what we have and what's the best, freshest local thing we can serve right now. And we build the menus out of that. And then the sommelier, Dan McCaffrey, he'll come in and he'll pair the wines to that. And we go back and forth and the pastry chef will prepare the pastry pastry and then we coordinate the whole thing and then we have so, you know we have some special dietary concerns I'll mm-hmm. note that and then we we put those things on the menu as well mm-hmm. and then we pull it all together and we don't just serve it we come up and actually talk about every course how we prepared oh. it and why we picked the things to complement so that fun. dish and it is a lot of fun and the, you know sometimes we're really busy on a Saturday night we'll have 400 people like you said in the banquet yeah. room the lounge will be popping the dining room's popping we got two chefs tables one in the dining room one in the kitchen and all this goes on at once and 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 we hold all this and we do we do it without um so so to speak being hell's kitchen if you will yeah exactly people compliment us on you know how poised we are with it all you know it's it's a it's a nice temperament to work in and not not saying that the energy level isn't up because oh yeah it has it's go time it's got to go and everything's got to come up together and hot food on hot plates cold food on cold plates and you know, it, it, I I think myself in that position. I'm just an orca- orchestrator of that, <laughs> you know, and trying to keep it all going. And my yeah. assistant Sue chefs do such a marvelous job in helping me out. And mm-hmm. I don't sell every course, meaning I don't take every course to the table and explain it. Mm-hmm. My sous chefs will take. I got this one, and they, they, oh. we won't even plan it. I got this one. I got this one. Oh, it's, that's nice. It's, it's a course they probably cooked or they wrote that they were passionate yeah. about. Same. And they want to talk about. And it. And they want to talk about it. And same mm-hmm. with the pastry chef. She'll yeah. come over there, and we do a we do a liquid nitrogen sorbet at the table side in the course, and you know it's three hundred and twenty degrees below zero, and we're we're making oh, the sorbet wow. table side, and it's you know the fog's coming out on the table. <laughs> it, it's just all experience. around good times. It's good times. If somebody wanted mm-hmm. to. Uh, Set that up. Would they just yeah. call the mark? Or? Absolutely, they can call the mark, and uh, they can just make a reservation. We have a reservationist that handles that. Oh, and they and just they, say, "I want to do the chef's all table." That. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I, I think if you want to look at it, you can go to TripAdvisor if you want to check out the comments on it, and you'll see oh, yeah. a, a lot of comments on there on TripAdvisor. It'll, okay. it'll talk about it, and yeah. it'll t- it'll even name the chefs that you know that they, they oh, enjoy. Okay. And we usually try to put a tour in of some of our things we do in the kitchen, oh, whether okay. it's our microgreen garden. Or our canning cellar, or our rooftop garden during the season when yeah. we're growing as well. Scott, thank you so much for being with us today. It was so fun to find out what's behind all this. It's so calm in the front of the house, so it's wonderful to hear all that, what's going on behind the, the doors there. It's been a great time. Nice talking to you too. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be right back in a moment. Hi, this is Brock from the Dahlia Lounge, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hello, my name is Carrie. I live in Magnolia, and my favorite restaurant is Tavolata.
Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show. We're here with John Blair from Dunham Cellars. Thank you so much for being here. Pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, last year in 2015, it was Dunham Cellars' 20th anniversary, and we did a big story on it. We talked to Joanne, and it was a really uh, fun story to do. So we're not going to go over that same ground. Today, I'm going to focus a little more on you this time. Oh, boy. And uh, I wanted to talk about how your families. Uh, let's, can... let's mention that readers can pick that up uh, by going into our archive and doing a search for Dunham. Thank you. That's true. So they can read that at any time. Great. Um, I want to talk about how your, your families met and started working together and how you have come into the Wanya and what you're doing now. So sure, take it sure. Away. I'll, I'll, try to, uh, I'll try to condense this. It's kind of a convoluted <laughs> story. But basically, back in the late 90s, the Dunhams had uh, started a successful winery in Walla Walla. It was Mike, Eric, and Joanne Dunham. And they were looking for capital to grow their business. They were looking for investors. Their bank that they were using at the time was Banner Bank, located, headquartered here in Walla Walla, Washington. I remember the commercials. You remember the commercials. Yeah. They had a very well-known commercial that starred Mike and Eric. Um, in any event, Banner bought a bank in Bellingham, Washington, which is where I grew up. and My folks still live there. And as part of the purchase of that bank, the CEO of Banner went up to Bellingham and met all the new clients of this new bank that they had purchased. Well, one of the new clients was the company that my father worked for. It was a company called Trillium out of Bellingham. And uh, David Syrie was the owner, was a lover of wine. So when the CEO of Banner said, hey, I know this small little family-run winery in Walla Walla, looking for some expertise and some capital to grow their business, would you be interested? He, uh, he took the bait and said, absolutely, <laughs> and, uh, and got involved. They, they invested in the winery um, back in 2000. It initially started as a separate winery. This, winery, this gets a little confusing, so I'm going to try to think through the best way to simplify it. But mm -hmm. essentially, it started as two separate wineries, quickly was merged into one. And when it was merged into one, it was the, uh, this company out of Bellingham and the Dunhams that were the owners. And my dad, who was in charge of all the agricultural-related projects for this company in Bellingham, was tasked with, with overseeing the investment in the winery. About four years later, about 2004, the Bellingham company wanted to divest some of their assets. My dad had gotten to know Mike and Joanne and Eric, had really gotten to understand the wine business, saw the opportunity, loved the people, loved the relationship aspect of the business, mm -hmm. which was his background in ag. Um, and, and tendered an offer to the company that he was working for to say, hey, I'd, if you're interested in selling, I'd like to buy it out. They accepted, and in 2004, my folks became partners with, with the Dunhams. Okay. At that time, I had just graduated from Whitman College here in Walla Walla, had no clue that I would ever be back in Walla Walla. <laughs> um, the Dunhams were, were managing the winery and, and managing it effectively. And uh, in the late oh, 2008, Eight, Mike was uh, diagnosed with cancer, Mike Dunham. And that was obviously startling for everyone involved, but it mm -hmm. also started to uh, started the, I guess, mental process for some of the owners of what are we going to do moving on into the future. His diagnosis was, was initially pretty bad. Fortunately, he ended up living several more years than was expected. But I was approached by my parents and asked if I would be interested in getting involved in the winery. At the time, I was living in Seattle. I had graduated from Whitman College in Walla Walla, moved to Seattle, had a career in the hospitality industry, and uh, the timing just happened to be right. 
I was about five years into my hospitality industry, had had max maximized my current position. So I was looking for to either move up in my current organization or looking to to move somewhere else. And this opportunity presented itself, and I and I went for it. Yeah. And the nice part was I had a little time. There was uh, a couple years um, that I was able to go back to the University of Washington get my MBA, and uh, and. And really brush up on a lot of skills that I use today that uh, I was able to bring back with me in Walla Walla when I moved back in 2011. And then you had two years, didn't you, with Mike? I did, yeah. It was a little under two years. I really had about a year and a half um, with Mike. He was general manager. I was the assistant general manager. And uh, learned, learned, learned the ropes from him, learned uh, some pretty good jokes from him. Mike, <laughs> Mike was a, a jokester and a storyteller. Had a pretty funny expression for a lot of different things, but uh, above and beyond the warm personality and the humor, he was a, a pretty shrewd businessman, so I learned a lot of things from him in the year and a half that I got with him. That's pretty great. Yeah. Didn't have to come in cold. Did not have to come in cold, no. Yeah. Had a great year and a half with Mike. So that was 2013 that he died. Correct. And then you became general manager at that point. Right. And what's happened then? Because you have a new title. Right. Well, it's a it's sort of a it's a hyphenated, if you will, title. I'm president and general manager, and uh, to be honest, the responsibilities haven't changed. It was it was I think a way for them to load a few more things on me. <laughs> yeah, they and, just made and, you do more and work. pay me the same. <laughs> so the, the you know it's it's really a, the title is is it, it's not meaningless, but it's it's a re- reflective of a little more work that I took on. Mm-hmm. That to be honest, my my dad was doing in the business and. It's allowed him to fully retire. Oh, so he, your parents are completely out of it, and I mean financially, they're invested, but they're not—they're not day to day working at the okay. correct? Okay. All right. Um, so that kind of brings us up on you for the for the moment. So let's talk about um, the grapes. Now, you guys have purchased land, right? You've got correct. We have a vineyard in Walla Walla. It's called Kenny Hill Vineyard. It's a sixty-five acre site of which we planted roughly half that acreage, about 30 acres, in 2010. So that, that portion of the vineyard is producing fruit. We're using it, all of the fruit, at Dunham Cellars. And then we planted another 15 acres in 2014, which will produce its first crop this fall. And where is the vineyard located? The vineyard's on the east side of the valley. It's up the Mill Creek drainage, so it's about five miles, a little less than five miles east of Walla Walla up Mill Creek Road. And so is that part of the alluvial fan that comes out of the Blue Mountains? Well, the alluvial fan is generally uh, attributed to the Walla Walla River. We're mm-hmm. up Mill Creek, so we're, we're before the Walla Walla River alluvial fan. Okay. That's really the, the south fork of the Walla Walla River down towards the Oregon border. Gotcha. Okay. And do you buy grapes anywhere still, or do we you... do? We buy we buy about twenty percent of our grapes on annual contracts. About eighty percent of our grapes come from two vineyards. One is Kenny Hill, the one I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. The other vineyard that we get a large percentage of our grapes from is called Lewis Vineyard. It's outside Prosser. Okay. We've been using fruit from Lewis since nineteen ninety nine. Wow, long time. Correct. So you've still got your Cabernet Sauvignon, which is kind of the flagship wine. Right. You've got a Syrah. Then you've got the Trutina, which is a Bordeaux blend. With a little Syrah snuck in for good measure, yes. Oh, yes, good. And then the three-legged red and the Trutina, the three-legged red is like a red table wine. 
Correct. Named after the early dog who only had three legs. Port, yes. Port, port had two good legs on his port side. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> he and was we, a great we, dog, We too. admit Port. Yeah, yeah Port was our winery dog. dog for a long time. He's a good dog. He, uh, he, uh, while his, his early circumstances were unfortunate, he lost his leg in a dog fight. He uh, was scooped up by Eric Dunham and, and became our first winery dog. And for those of you that know the lifestyle of a winery dog, it's pretty much the pinnacle of living. Yes. Everyone loves me. <laughs> Everyone loves you. Lots of attention, lots of food, all the bad things in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see. And then you also do the Shirley May Chardonnay, which it was Mike's mother or... Who had Correct. The, who, someone, Shirley Mays Dunham was Mike Dunham's mother. Okay, and she had breast cancer, so a portion of the proceeds from that Chardonnay go to the Susan G. Komen. Correct. So every year we, we partner with the Susan G. Komen Puget Sound chapter. They have a big annual auction in March. It's actually coming up soon, oh, yeah. and Joanne will be attending, and we donate the wine for that big auction. That's nice. Year. Yeah. That's really nice. It's a great way to honor Shirley Mays Dunham. Yeah. And I like that it goes on, you know. Nobody ever forgets. Absolutely. So you've got also an artist series, and you were telling me a little earlier that those wines go to the wine club club. first. Correct. They're small lot, small production. Uh, They're all from Lewis Vineyard, so it's our our vineyard outside Prosser. And we do 100% Syrah, 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, and 100% Merlot every year. So three different wines that... About 90% goes to our wine club, 10% will go through our tasting room and through distribution. And each year, there's a different painting on all three of the bottles that Eric traditionally would have painted. With him passing away, we've since revisited some of his more iconic labels, brought them back, changed some of the color schemes, but really wanted to pay homage to some of his best works, particularly uh, in light of his passing. Yeah, that's great. And also, speaking of Mike and Eric both passing... Uh, there's been a special wine that you guys do. Talk, tell us about that. Correct. Yeah, we've done... So the idea was was to do something unique, different, only do it once. And the concept that we came up with was a, a, a super blend, if you will, of our Artist Series wines. So instead of a single varietal Cab Syrah or Merlot, we wanted to do a blend and create this blended treasure from this vineyard that we've worked with for such a long time that we would only do once and honor Mike and Eric um, with the packaging and with the story. And uh, one of the nice benefits of doing this wine is is we were able to, to tie in Walla Walla Community Hospice with oh, the sales nice. of this wine. So each bottle that's sold, we, we contribute $10 to the community hospice who were very instrumental in, in helping us get through uh, a couple tragedies with Mike and Eric's passing. So, so, we so this to... isn't a $10 bottle of wine? Huh? It's not a $10 <laughs> bottle of wine, no. It's, uh... Mike and Eric would not have liked that. No, no. It's, it's a very, very nice bottle of wine and worth every penny. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story that uh, about going to the tasting room one day. This is maybe about, well, this was when the three-legged red was running around still. <laughs> port. port. And uh, I walked in, and they had just opened up some um, late harvest Riesling, mm-hmm. and I think I think it was fifty bucks a bottle, and this was like two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. And I said to the girl, I said, "Well, that's almost uh, like a um, what's the one with the freezes? Oh, the um, ice wine. Ice wine. Yeah, that's priced like an ice wine." And she looks at me, she goes. It's okay. You don't have to buy it because if you don't buy it, we'll drink it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's no longer working at the tasting room. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a clue who that yeah, was. Yeah, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Oh gosh, um, you've got, of course, the tasting room. Correct. At the we're just in Walla Walla. We get asked all the time if we have a Woodenville tasting room. We do not. We've always been only in Walla Walla, out at the Walla Walla Airport. Mm-hmm. So the port of Walla Walla owns a bunch of the old buildings out at the Walla Walla Airport which used to be a World War II Army Air Base. Right. And they've subsequently converted them into commercial use buildings. There's a distillery. There's a brewery. There's obviously several wineries out there. And all the little incubators up there. The incubator program is there, which is currently, I believe, uh, mostly wineries, but there is a brewery and a distillery oh, wow. there as well. So we're an yeah. equal, equal opportunity hedonists yeah. out there. Well, I know when I talked to Joanne, she was saying, we contemplate a West Side room. But it's got to be right, and that was going to be my last question for you: was, is it right yet? Yeah, for us, we, we've all, we've contemplated it for a long time. It's all about the space. I think one of the things that people really remember about Dunham when they visit us is our space. We've mm-hmm. really turned this what used to be an, a, an airplane maintenance hangar into a really warm, special kind of loft, New York loft feel. Oh wow! With a lot of artwork, um, we've got a, a brand new glass sculpture piece that's very very interesting it's made up of uh of old wine bottles all of our old wine bottles and uh and so people have this warm association with with the winery when they visit us Mm -hmm. and we want that if we're going to do that somewhere else we want that same impact to be had Mm -hmm. on the west side and we just haven't found a space that's conducive to that Mm -hmm. yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We just haven't laid eyes on it yeah. yet. Well, now everybody's going to know you're looking, so <laughs> you'll be ge- inundated. Yeah, yep, yep. My rent just went up 50% <laughs> yeah, over there. Exactly. <laughs> Charles Smith will be calling you tomorrow. Yeah, 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 you can yeah. thank us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to be here and glad you guys are over in Walla Walla. It's yeah, a great place to be. So fun. Wonderful. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. We will be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Sea Star Restaurant and Raw Bar in Bellevue. Hi, I'm Corey Nagler from Walla Walla, Washington, and one of my favorite places to eat here is Dora's Deli and Warm Ranch. Hi, this is Janie from Northwest Travel and Life magazine, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. end the show with a tip and uh, we started doing a, a couple of tips an eat at home tip an eat out tip and a gadget tip so our at home tip is coming from tom uh at home i have uh inside a cupboard i've created my own grid of the fruits and vegetables that are in season so there's lots of different colors all over it it's got 12 columns for each month and then uh, a whole bunch of rows of all the different things that 
that I could get here in the Pacific Northwest or that are either coming in from, you know, citrus and that sort of thing when they're coming in. And it's really handy, and it's it's a nice way to uh, keep the kitchen changing all the time, keep what you're making changing out all the time, and kind of planning ahead. If you want to plan ahead, you'll know what will be available, say, like next month. Uh, I also have a grid like that for, uh, for uh, seafood. Um, seafood, yeah. Because, you know, you can get chickens all year. I don't know if you do that. But you can get beef all year. But uh, So that's my little in-the-kitchen tip. And I'd just like to say, people who call Tom obsessive-compulsive, well, they're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my eating out tip is actually something that Jamie brought up, and I like the idea of it a lot. When you go out, it's a great idea to look at the half bottle of wine for a couple of reasons. You may just want a glass, a couple glasses of wine and not a whole bottle um, if they're available. And then the other thing is that you can get two. Like if, you, if you're going to have something with your appetizer or salad and something with dinner, you can have two different wines and not you know, be forced into having just one. So it's a really nice option to have. Mm-hmm. I think so. And what I noticed is uh, there's quite a few wineries that do do half bottles, but you won't find them at QFC or Safeway or even Central Market. Uh, you might find them at some of the specialty wine shops, but uh, most of the time you're only going to find those in restaurants. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, I'm really excited about my new gadget. It's really, I guess it is a gadget. But um, so I was always kind of like not wanting to put one of those knife magnet racks yes. up because I'm like, yeah, I don't like the way it looks. But you know what? We put one in. Uh, I think my husband got it. I want to say he got it at Home Depot, but you could probably also find him in Ikea. Anyway, I love it. I love it. Our knives are up there. They're so nice and shiny and pretty, and you just grab it, grab and go. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, took, it gave up some counter space, which was really great. And so um, if you, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. I really, really like it. It makes it really handy. Sometimes if you got something things. running through the kitchen, you got quick response. <laughs> there you go. Right, right there. there you go. <laughs> All right. It is time to wrap up this month's show. Thank you for joining us. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. We want you to dine well, dine safe, and dine often. And don't cook like my mother. (laughs) And don't cook like Tom's mother. (laughs) And no cooking like Tom's mom. We'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show